Before we get started, just a quick note. Today's pod episode talks about gun violence and the shooting at Michigan State University last year. Please do take care when you're listening and sit this one out if you need to. It has been a tough week at Michigan State University, approaching the one-year mark since a shooter came onto the campus in East Lansing, killed three students, and injured five other people. Is there a place in Michigan, in America, where we can be made truly safe? MSU has been working on some security improvements, some of which actually predate last year. Today, we're looking at the security upgrades at Michigan State one year after MSU was the site of a mass shooting. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Isabel Lohman of Bridge, Michigan, recently co-reported a story about security upgrades in East Lansing. Isabel, part of the reason that all of this was so difficult for MSU, I think, was because the, the university had already announced plans to upgrade security when this shooting happened. I mean, there were, there were bids out on, on certain systems. Can you give us a thumbnail of what MSU had planned and how the game changed after the shooting occurred? Yes. Yeah, so MSU had already requested bids from private contractors to unify their security platform. So what that means is it would have centralized all the video surveillance feeds from the cameras, it would have centralized alarms, and it would have done things that, had they been in place that night, might have led to a different result. So that stuff was already happening ahead of the shooting, but was not completed. Then after the shooting, the university made a series of promises to students, faculty, and parents. It said it was going to add classroom door locks. It said it was going to work towards centralizing that security system. It said it was going to add security cameras. It also talked about an after-action analysis, which is basically where an outside firm comes in and assesses how well the procedures and response actually went. And now, about a year later, we have progress on several of those things, but a lot of stuff is not yet complete. The after-action reports are unfortunately more of a part of our vernacular than they were, say, 30 years ago. And a consultant called Security Risk Management produced the after-action report for MSU. How much light did that report actually shed on flaws in the security system? The report was released in October, and I would say it doesn't have as much information as you would maybe expect from these after-action reports. We've seen way longer reports from other mass shootings, and when you look at the report that was released, it is somewhat vague in terms of what could have been done better, as well as what steps the university should take moving forward. Right. Well, let's talk about some of the issues that your team has uncovered. You and your colleagues have done a fair amount of investigative work into this well above and beyond what was in the after action report. The night of February 13th, 2023, the shooter enters a classroom and began firing. Why was access and an open classroom door, why was that a painful subject with some in the MSU community? Yeah, so we know that about five months before the shooting, there was a group of faculty that actually had a meeting with Chief of Safety Marlon Lynch. And in that meeting, they referenced questions about if classroom doors and building doors could be locked. Um, we hear him talk about the university's capability to lock those doors. Um, but, you know, five months later, we then have the shooting happen. We also know that um, since the shooting, the university has tightened how many hours um, you basically have to have a key card to get into. So we see this sort of 
We want public universities to be public spaces that have access to the public. They're publicly funded. Um, at the same time, what's the sort of cutoff? Where do you say it's too late at night for the general public to be able to walk into a building? Many people know that there was a delay of something like 10 minutes in activating the campus-wide alert system by which people get text messages saying, take cover. And you've reported that there was this communications issue that came up. A sergeant with campus police radioed a cadet who was staffing the front desk to go ahead and issue the alert. There was some confusion, and the cadet wanted to confirm with a supervisor. Has MSU said anything about how these things will be handled in the future? So we don't have super specific information about what the chain of command would be in a situation like that. But the university did say that the new security operations center, which is staffed 24 hours a day, has the ability to issue alerts in the event of an emergency. So that's potentially a promising sign. And then we have the actual notifications themselves. The university has taken some steps to essentially expand how people would know there's an emergency. So for example, outdoor speakers um, can uh, share that there's an emergency. And the university is also working so that a desk phone in an office would be able to give a voice alert explaining there's an emergency. But some of that stuff is still ongoing in terms of figuring out exactly what that looks like. Now, the campus does have a security camera system, but at the time, it was the kind of system that wouldn't let you monitor what was happening in real time. This just seems to say so much about how we used to think of safety incidents and what cameras are needed for and how we think of them now. What do you see as changing? There's one thing to have cameras. There's another thing to be able to look at all of those cameras at the same time and pinpoint where someone is and get to them faster. And I think we still have a lot of questions about where MSU stands on actually being able to centralize their security cameras and actually being able to provide real-time updates. We don't have clear answers on that. One thing that Bridge Michigan has done is filed a Freedom of Information request related to the Security Operations Center. And we're hoping that that when the university responds to that, we'll have clearer answers about what the university's currently capable of doing and what it's working toward. We need to break for a moment. We'll be right back. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. The other thing I wanted to ask about was active violence training. Initially, right after the incident, MSU was going to require active shooter training for all of its students. At some point, that changed. These kinds of trainings are fairly standard at a lot of public K-12 schools, a number of workplaces. Do we know why MSU changed course on that? Yes, MSU has said that they wanted to be responsive to the fact that violence, especially after February 13th of last year, could be a really emotional experience for students. And so they wanted to honor people's experiences and not make it mandatory for students who might otherwise feel 
uh, it was too intense. But at the same time, the university says it strongly recommends people complete these trainings. When you look at the numbers, they provided numbers for the end of January. And when you look at it, only about 1,800 faculty and staff have participated in this training, and another 1,500 students have completed the training. So it's it's important to realize that this isn't something where the vast majority of people have been using this training. Isabel, is there anything that we can say about when the security measures that MSU intended to do, when all of this is going to be wrapped up? I mean, it's it sounds like there are several issues outstanding from the security camera system to locks on all the university doors that can be centrally activated. What's the timeline right now? Yes. So the university is about 82 percent done with those classroom door locks. They plan to finish by fall of this year. When we talk about the after-action report, that's completed. When we talk about the centralized security system, they say that fully switching from one vendor to another um, could take two to three years. When we look at new gun rules, which isn't directly something MSU promised, but some MSU students did advocate for in the after-effect of the shooting, we see that going into effect on Tuesday. When we think about mass notifications, the university has already updated its notifications so that um, they can be displayed on outdoor speakers. They're still working to see if they can essentially do an, an audio alert using desk phones. They're in the process of working that out. And, you know, something else that it's worth mentioning is this may not be the end of this, right? We might hear from students that they want even more done after this work is completed. Uh, it seems to be an ever-evolving thing, but even just based on the own to-do list that the university set a year ago, there are still many things left to complete. I don't really know if anyone who's who's been present for an active shooter situation can ever return entirely to a state of feeling truly safe. But what did you hear from some folks that you talked to who either work at MSU or attend classes there about how safe they do feel right now? Yeah, so I talked to some students um, in the last couple of weeks. I also talked to several students after the after action report came out in October. And I would say, generally speaking, students seem appreciative that this university took extra steps. Students have also talked about being able to see those classroom door locks. But we've seen reports from others that not every single door does have that lock yet. And we've seen reports from people who say you can put all the safety measures in place. So the university is never going to feel quite the same as it did since February 13th. Isabel Lohman is a reporter with Bridge, Michigan. You can read Bridge's coverage of security issues at MSU at their website. Isabel, thank you so much. Thank you, April. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganpublic.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabensog, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Olivia Meradian and Lauren Neong. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! 
We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.